Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. fans, welcome to Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. Today on the show, we discuss the Bulls closing preseason out in style, winning yet again, this time against the Memphis Grizzlies in Patrick Williams' return from injury. And even though this may have just been a preseason game, it was one of the funnest games I've seen the Bulls play in, well, I want to say five, maybe six years, and I'm keen to dive into it and talk more about this one. But before we do, let's welcome in this week's guest. He's the man who was too tired to join Chris Amundsen and myself on the previous episode of Bulls HQ, but he's been good enough to make himself available for this one. I'm, of course, referring to Laro Golden, my good mate from the Bulls 101 podcast. Laro, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I, I, that intro is hilarious, man. Like, I, 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 I had to get one one last jab in, mate. I had to get one in. <laughs> man, uh, Jeff Bezos works the heck out of me, brother. I can't, I can't even uh, explain it, but... No, man, I appreciate you having me on. I really hate that I wasn't able to get on last time because the pod was really good and great. So, um, yeah, man, I'm happy to be on. Well, look, I'm happy to have you on, particularly after this specific game as well. I mean, four preseason games, four Ws. The Bulls are unbeaten pretty clearly. They're not going to be ever be beaten again. They're never going to lose another game, Lara. I think that's what we can... I think that's being firmly established based on this preseason run that uh, 82-0 is coming up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, if any if any indication, man, I, I totally agree. Eighty two and zero, baby. Here we go. <laughs> well, there's no other way to read into it. Like the data clearly suggests this team. I think they were like at least coming into this game, the the best defense in preseason, top four in offensive rating in preseason, unbeaten run here four and zero. Like like what else can we expect? It's clearly uh, yeah, clearly an an, un, an unbeaten Bulls team is going to not lose a game in the in the regular season. But uh, I mean, most more seriously though, like. I said it in the top there, but irrespective of what happens this season, obviously we have expectations, we we want certain things, but to be honest with you, like in watching this game and how hard this Bulls team were playing and, and how much they were getting after it defensively, specifically that, that second unit to close the game, like all I really fundamentally care about and, and probably the most important thing that I want is just to have a team that turns up, a team that cares, that a team that gives a shit and tries to actually play every single game and... You know, it's hard to it's hard to sit here and say in preseason like what will carry over into into the regular season. And Chris and myself last on the last pod, we were talking about things that were sustainable or potentially would be sustainable that may carry themselves into the regular season. But after four preseason games, I think what I'm most confident about with this Bulls team is that they're going to hustle their ass off every single game going into the regular season, and if nothing else. They're going to try as bloody hard as they possibly can to be a good and fun product. And, you know, irrespective of what 
how many games they win, whether they make the playoffs, or whether they make the second round, or whatever the outcome might be. As long as this Bulls team turns up every game and plays hard and plays the way they have in this preseason game, then I don't know about you, Lara, but I'm going to be a very, very happy boy. Yeah, no, man, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it has definitely been fun to see how this team plays on both ends of the floor, um, especially defensively. Um, I think before mm. the season... You know, we've heard all, you know, all Bulls fans have heard everybody talk about this team on a national scale. And, and um, it, you know, the defense is going to be horrible, you know, da, 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 da. But um, I'm not going to be naive and, and, and say that this team is going to be a top five defense, top 10 defense. But I am I think I can I think I can say that I, I do think that this team has a chance to at least be middle of the pack, maybe a, a tad bit higher. Um, and I'm just excited about the effort they show every night, you know, um, hands in the passing lanes, you know, so, you know, they, they're looking to make plays. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's fun to watch them. They're, they're, they're always in the passing lanes. They're, they're deflections They're getting on the floor for loose balls and trying to get out and get easy baskets on the fast break. And, I love that. That's fun basketball to me. When when you got a team that wants to get out and run and, and put on a show for fans, you know, and um, I can't, I can't like, I can't explain anymore, man. Like, you know, uh, Mark, like we've been through a lot as Bulls fans, man. We've been through a lot and, and just seeing effort is, is what all we can ask for really, man. <laughs> like that's, it's just yeah. been amazing. No, look, and maybe that's a low bar, <laughs> given I know, right? where we've been. <laughs> but uh, look, I've tried expressing this point over the reg- uh, not the regular season, over the off season, that the, the the Bulls detractors just don't understand the context of what it has been to be a fan of this fan base yeah. for the last four or five years. Like, we're, I mean, I don't want to be like a Lakers fan and just expect exceptionalism, expect you know constant runs at titles or anything like that, because I don't have those expectations, but. I expect the Bulls to be a big market team that actually, you know, tries to be good. You know, yes. I, don't, I don't necessarily have to win a title, but just try to be good. And that hasn't necessarily been the case over the last four to five years. But, you know, even beyond that, irrespective of not being good, like the effort just wasn't necessarily there. But be, it's not even just the effort now with this team. And uh, look, we'll get into the, the, the entire game itself. Obviously, Patrick Williams came back to this game, which was or made this game exciting in itself. Zach went off. Vucevic finally had a, a you know a fantastic offensive performance in in preseason. He's he's got his shot together, but like it was the closing five to seven minutes of this game when Billy Donovan basically took out his starters, put in the second unit there. Had Alex Caruso out there with like Alize Johnson, Io, Matt Thomas, uh, Stanley Johnson. I think was out there as well, and, yep. and that unit there. Maybe some of those guys are playing for their careers or at least playing for their spot on this Bulls team. But the way they were just running and playing manic defense and just getting after it on every single possession, like that is the stuff that you want to see. And like that, that, that stuff from like your role guys infuses your, your starting guys. And yes. I, I don't want to say that Caruso was the best offseason signing because the, you know, the, someone like Kyle Lowry, for example, maybe he's the best free agent that moved or whoever it may be, or maybe there's better, better value signings elsewhere. But like the effect this, this guy has clearly had on four preseason games, and again, caveat, preseason, but like the effect that he's having on the team defensively, but how that's carrying over into every single unit, whether whether he's on the court or not, like just the fact that he's, his presence is there and I guess his guidance is there and the way he's sort of leading the team, I suppose, from the bench. 
uh, if he's not on the court. Like, he's just bringing you so much value. And I thought you saw that really over the last six to seven minutes of this game. And, you know, maybe part of it was the fact that the Grizzlies put away their starters at one point as well. But the intensity that the Bulls played with was just commendable. But more than that, it's, you know, it's one thing to have effort, but it's another thing to have execution as well. And I think what I've been truly impressed with, and I think this is something that you've been covering as well on your show, you and Chris on, on Bulls 101, is the execution defensively has been sound. Like It's good enough to have effort. It's good enough to have guys flying around there and hustling their ass off. But if, you, if you're making the wrong decisions and chasing balls and getting into passing lanes when you shouldn't, then it doesn't necessarily translate to good defensive output. Whereas the balls are doing all those effort things, but the way they're sort of rotating and helping on defense, particularly the guys in the corner on the back line, helping off that initial pick and roll action. Like I referenced that last five or six minutes, but like it was Io making plays in the corner. It was Alizé Johnson getting his hands in, in plays. Troy Brown Jr. had a possession. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter. Maybe it was the second quarter. Whenever it was, he had a possession where he just snuck his hand in there and on, on a drive that Jar was making to the basket with Alex Caruso just sort of draped all over him. And like that was enough to force uh, an inbound possession type thing. So it's, it's one thing to have the effort, but it's another thing to have the execution. And, and thus far... You know, the concerns that I had about this Bulls defense have sort of been um, limited some because the reads that they're making, the decisions they are making seem to be mostly on point thus far. Yeah, it's been, gosh, man, like seeing the effort in terms of being in the right spots, being in the passing lanes, the communication. And like you said, Caruso on that end, it has been a, oh, I can't even um, the, the fact of knowing that you have a guy like Caruso that's communicating, that's uh, some sometimes he's even calling out the plays of other teams before it even happens, you know, and I, I talked about this uh, on the pod with with Chris and like Alizé Johnson uh, against the Cavs is on an island against a guard moving his feet really well. And you hear Caruso on the backside, you know, no foul, no foul, no foul you know, just, you know, letting him know like, Hey, you're doing a good job, but remember, let's not foul him. Let's not bail him out. And I think, I don't know if people understand like that matters, like the best defensive teams in the league, they communicate on every possession. It's not an every other possession deal. It's every single time you come down the floor, you're going to either be, you're going to probably be tired of your teammates because all you're going to hear is their voices, right? And Caruso has been a godsend, man. Like, he's he has been great for this team. And again, like you said, man, like, he – yeah, you can bring up Kyle Lowry. Um, but, like, talk about a signing that means so much to this team, a true glue guy. Um, yeah. it, it's been great, man. Um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, for sure. And look, this is something I was kicking around during the game and just thinking about as I was watching it. But like from a pure cost versus production point of view, I think you could make the argument that Caruso is the second most productive player on the team when you're factoring mm-hmm. in his production versus what he's what his cost is from a contractual point of view. Mm-hmm. Now, that obviously doesn't necessarily suggest he's the second best player on the team because I would, I, would, I would most certainly argue that's Vucevic. But, you know, if, if you think about like rookie guys, guys on rookie type deals, like they they generally outperform their contracts because the level of play you're getting from from someone like Luka Doncic, who's making eleven million dollars, for example, is you know commensurate with someone who should be making thirty, forty million dollars, for example. So it, obviously, Luka, yeah, sorry, obviously Caruso isn't uh, Luka Doncic, but I guess what I'm pointing <laughs> getting at is for eight, nine million dollars a year, 
the value that we've already seen from Caruso, what he's bringing defensively, the identity that he's bringing to this Bulls from a defensive standpoint, uh, it shouldn't go unnoticed. I know he's a bench guy. I know he's a guard, and guards aren't typically the one who maybe model or uh, determine how good your your defense could, uh, can be, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't necessarily think about that way. It's traditionally a big man type thing. But I, I, like you noted, I, he, I can't say many better things about Caruso. I've completely fallen in love, uh, unsurprisingly. You know, uh, <laughs> white guy that tries too hard. That's that's uh, that, that's my type of player. Whether it's you know, he's he's most certainly taken that mantle from Ryan Archidiakono, and uh, you know, has, has done it a lot better to be honest with you. But you know, Caruso, Lonzo, what they've brought to the point guard position, the way. The way guys like Javante Green and Troy Brown Jr. are sort of closing out and playing in those corners, like I mentioned before, uh, unfortunately DeRozan had some bad one-on-one possessions, oh, um, offensive, uh, sorry, defensively in isolation. But like even his help defense, uh, DeRozan, I think, has been pretty good. It's, it's been more so the isolation on-ball stuff that has been more problematic from my point of view. But yeah, defensively, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Bulls, and I'm, I'm really hoping. You know, it remains to be seen how good they are defensively. Like we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see when we get to see some real offenses. And I guess the one, the one thing I keep thinking about is the Bulls have faced, you know, similarish type teams where the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, with particularly without Zion, and the Cavs, like they, they have big plotting type bigs who drop back on defense. And you know, those teams also t- typically play two traditionally sized bigs and those teams, well, at least the first two teams are probably going to be turnover prone teams. So maybe you can get out and, and run in transition. You can get steals and and play in the passing lanes and all those sorts of things. So again, the caveat is preseason, maybe against actual real good teams. Not to say the Grizzlies won't be a, a good team because you know they're a well-coached team and, and they have some nice intriguing young players on that team. But Maybe things change in the regular season against real teams, but I guess what we have to judge on thus far, just the the intensity, the way they get after it, the the way that this Bulls team gets after it, uh, it's yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, um, one of the takeaways I had from today is there. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think in my head. Right there. So uh, tonight was JJJ, right? His skill set, yep. kind of perimeter based. Um, and he gave us some problems, right? I mean, they were, they were, you know, running him. They had JJJ doing exit cuts to the three point line for, for jumpers, man. And, and it, that was different. And we had problems. And I got, I said, I believe I tweeted, uh, I talked about it in the chat, but like this is, I think this game was, I mean, I think all, all the games before this one mattered, but I think this one mattered. Uh, a, a little bit more because you had the explosive point guard, the guy that can get into the paint and, and cause havoc. And then you had a, a very versatile five and JJJ who could, uh, I'm sorry, four or five, whatever you want to call them, that, that, that can shoot the three really well, can go off the bounce a little bit. And there's a lot of good tape tonight, I think, for, for Billy to really kind of take a look at and, and tell, hey, guys, look, <laughs> You know, we're going to have to tighten up on certain things here on the defensive side of the ball when we have a five like that. Um, I also thought it was cool that we saw uh, uh, Pat play a little bit of small ball five uh, at points in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would I would really like to see a little bit more of that. Wish he was a little bit healthier during this, the preseason so we could see a little bit more of that. Um, but, yeah, man, like you said, we probably won't see, you know, because game one, Detroit um, – you know, I guess Kelly Olynyk presents a little bit of problem, maybe, but like it's it's 
it's tough, man, because like is is as excited as we have been about preseason, we kind of have to wait and see till we see a, a, a you know pretty darn good team to see how this defense looks, um, and go from there. But I tell you, man, um, Demar Derozan, man, like there were some pretty pretty tough defensive <laughs> possessions from him, man. Wow. Yeah, there, there there was there was a couple there were a couple bad defensive positions. I'm just going to chalk it up to it being the last preseason game, and maybe <laughs> maybe he just sort of you know was in chill mode somewhat. But yeah. um, there was also some rough offensive positions. But yeah. at the same time, there was some really nice offensive possessions. So I'm, I'm going to give Demar time. I don't want to get uh, too John Hollinger on him right <laughs> right at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I, I certainly take your point. But um, yeah, uh, the Patrick Williams and center was an interesting thing. Like Billy's rotations more generally have been really fun this preseason. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, one of my critiques about Billy last season were his rotations. And for whatever reason, I just I just like following that stuff. It's something that's – it's always hard to, hard to judge coaches, particularly yeah. because so much of their work is done, you know, behind the scenes where we fans can't necessarily see it. But what we can judge – and what we do see often is, you know, their play calling and, and their rotations. They're, they're the things that we typically see as as well as, you know, how they handle themselves, um, you know, from a media point, uh, from a media perspective, like Billy's amazing. I could listen to him talk all day. Uh, I think his play calling generally is pretty damn good, whether it's uh, on, on both sides of the ball. I think his defensive ski makes sense. His offense, I think he's had some creative stuff in the past. But I guess my main critique last season were his rotations. Yeah. Maybe some of that was unfair given the roster wasn't, anywhere as near as good as this current one is. But at the same time, like what I've seen thus far, like the way he's just been throwing it around and mixing and matching, like like you mentioned, the Pat Williams at the center type thing. I never thought that I was going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> like the, uh, we didn't see it for too long and, and he quickly moved away from it. But the fact that he was willing to throw it out there, like that was super encouraging, particularly for, for me as a Bulls fan, who's just been wanting this team to move away from traditional big lineups for so, so long. Like I'm so sick of seeing two bigs on the floor at the, at the same time to, so it's the fact that the Bulls don't really have a traditional power forward and, and Pat is the power forward type thing or you're running DeMar there or Javante or whoever it may be, like that excites me more generally. But throwing throwing Pat out there for a look at, you know, at center, like that's fun. Like Alizé at center, like that that too is fun. But like the way he's sort of mixed up his, his wing rotation as well, like again, uh, shout out to Billy Donovan. Again, four, four preseason games, we can't get too hyped, but... I thought he's, you know, the way he's coached the team through four preseason games and just try to, you know, see what he has effectively. Like, this is a completely new team. Uh, only three guys returning. Virtually the entire team is new. This is a pretty tough task for Billy Donovan. And there are expectations now. And, like, the real, the regular season regular season is the real stuff. But nonetheless, that's where I've liked what I've seen, what I've seen on, on both sides of the ball. I take your point that, you know, as we get to see more, different looks as well like that that's where it's going to be interesting i mentioned the fact that they've only played offense against drop coverages thus far like how do they how does their offense look against the switch type defense and those sorts of things that'll be interesting to see but similarly defensively as well like when they get or you know will their switching type defense hold up against other specific teams and you mentioned olenic there like that that's a stretch five option that typically hurts the drop defense which the bulls run last season we we knew that hurt them last year it potentially may hurt them again this year with Vucevic at center. So you know, there's a push and pull type element with this all, with this with this whole thing and, and your approach and your limitations of your roster. But um, yeah, through four through four games, uh, I couldn't be happier thus far. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that, man. But 
I, some of the stuff that I, I, I really like is, um, and again, I don't know if it's going to transfer to the regular season, but the double digit steals, um, per game, uh, another yeah. thir- 13 mm-hmm. steals tonight. And, and that <laughs> for a team with this type of athleticism and, 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 and speed to get out on the break is, is so crazy, man. The fact you got Lonzo in the passing lanes, Zach was in the passing lanes tonight. Like even DeMar has tried to get in the passing lanes a little bit. And, um, that stuff just fuels your offense. And, you know, for a team that already is a well-oiled machine on the offensive side of the ball, I, th- I think I, I, I'm a, I really think they're going to be top 10, potentially top five offense this year. Um, and if they can get e- even easier baskets, like from, from playing defense, good defense and being in the passing lanes, like, that's going to be tough, man, because, this game, like basketball, is like this. The game is connected, and what I mean by yes. that is yeah. mm-hmm. the defense. Mm-hmm. If you play good defense, that usually means like you're going to get out, you're going to grab a rebound, be able to get out and run and get easier baskets, or you're flowing to your offense a little bit better. And if you're scoring efficiently, you can get back and get into your scheme that you want to run, and like it's all connected. And if you're able to do that, man, like, like again, like I think I brought it up before, but. Like, I'm not calling this team the Brooklyn Nets, like, because though they have, you know, I know Kyrie's out of commission right now, but they still have two absolute monsters. Um, but like when they had the three guys there, like I remember when they first were put together, I mean, people were bashing their defense, like historically bad defensive rating. And like, I think they just figured out, like, if we could just play defense just a bit, like just just a little bit of effort here and there, score the ball, basketball at a high level and put, get the stops when you need to get stops, you'll be just fine. And I think that's where it's going to get to with the Bulls where like, yeah, I, I don't think they're ever going to be, you know, just dominant on the defensive side of the ball. But if, if they can cont- if they can really score the basketball and get stops when they need to get stops, you know, having those lineups out there where you have Caruso and Lonzo out there and, and being able to, you know, like I even tonight, like I even like the look of uh, of Zach on the point of attack where you had Lonzo off ball and he was able to get into the passing lanes and make things ha- mm. happen that way. And like, I think that's one of the things that I've been impressed with with Zach is like, I he still get hit, gets hit a bit, but he has been better on, on the point of attack and getting over screens and staying connected. And I really think that Olympics, the Olympics helped him a lot. Um, and he was able to work on those types of things um, because I, I do see it um, of him being able to get over screens and things like that a little bit better. Like guys have made some tough shots. He, he's, he really does a good job of staying connected and, and just getting his, his, his hand up there and contesting. And as a coach, like, if they make it over that, you just tip your cap. You know, hey, you did your job. You know, just don't foul them. Contest a shot. They make it. Tip your cap, you know. And um, I think, like, again, you've mentioned it. Like, the rotations that Billy's going to be able to throw out there, the fun he's going to be able to have with those rotations with different lineups, I think he's going to be able to conform to the team, right? So if you have a big, big, like, for instance, if you go against a Joel Embiid and, and – uh, you know, you could throw Tony Bradley out there, but if you go against another team that, has a, that plays small ball, you could bring Alize out there, right? Or you can have Pat go, come out there and play the five a bit when when Vooch is off the floor. So, like, I think you can conform a little bit to what what teams are doing in the in the league right now, and I think that that's something to look forward to, man. Um, I'm just ha- I, I'm just happy to have a good good basketball team. Like, I, I really am. Like, it's just great, man. Yeah, for sure. And look, like, we can get into the, like the detail and break it all down, but like. 
you know, thinking about this from a high level, like that's ultimately what matters, as I said, like it's it's fun to get into the detail and, and, and dive into like what the Bulls are doing. But like if you're watching bad basketball, then that makes it tougher to do. But the mm-hmm. fact that you're getting a good a good product whilst doing that, it, it just makes it makes it a lot more fun. But yep. yeah, it, it's it, it has been a, a fun experience thus far. We're, we're hoping it obviously transfers preseason champs, all that sort of stuff. But um, <laughs> you know, we we start basketball next week. The real stuff starts next week. But the, to your point, like the signs are good. Like you can only beat who's in front of you. You can only play. And again, like this is a completely new team. Like the fact that they haven't necessarily come out and started slow or look sloppy, like from the jump, they look really connected. They look like, I don't know, they look, just look like a team that have been playing for a long time together, which was obviously not yep. the case. So maybe that's the uh, the benefit of playing the Cleveland Cavaliers first up. But, um, you know, we, we can only judge them on what, on what they've done thus far. And I think they've uh, surpassed my expectations, particularly defensively, but like offensively as well. Like it, it's working and you touched on it there. Like the court is connected and Chris and I made this point last podcast as well, but like not enough people think about that. Like the both ends of the basketball court are connected. Your defense fuels your offense, your offense fuels your defense, vice versa. The way you play on one end transfers on the other. Like that's just how basketball is played. Yep. It's why it's a beautiful game. And you know, I guess part of why this switching type defense or getting after it type defense, if we want to just call it that, like it really balances up the offensive end because like one of the, not concerns, but one of the thoughts I had about offense was like, how are they going to manage the personnel? Like particularly with DeMar DeRozan, who's more that mid-range guy who wants to get to the similar spots that maybe Vooch is operating in or similar spots that Levine wants to operate. Like how is Lonzo going to get his touches with DeRozan and um, and Levine there as well as Vucevic? Like all that stuff. And the fact that you've got Patrick Williams coming back now as well. So much of that to manage and, and to sort of Get that to get that humming in the half court's difficult from a coaching standpoint. But if you can get out in transition and get the ball into Lonzo's hands, yes. and maybe get DeRozan, you know, a free four to six points every night by just getting in transition. And, and you know, thinking about this Memphis Grizzlies game, like the first bucket I think in this game was DeRozan having that beautiful spin move in transition where. Mm. That's easy points for for Demar. That helps his efficiency. That helps you return more offensively. And obviously, from a defensive standpoint, if you're stealing the ball from other teams, they're not getting up shots, and you're getting down the other end and uh, and and you know playing your offense. So. Uh, the fact that you can get into transition and get guys like DeRozan and Lonzo more involved in those particular sets, whereas when you fall back to your half-court offense and lean more into your Levine and Vucevic type pick and roll, uh, the balance that, that that's how you balance it out. So that's why, again, why I like this defense the way they're currently playing at the moment because it it really it really does help their offense to to the point you noted. Yeah, I mean, like for for instance, like with the the second unit. Uh, with all those guys that come out, like you, you're not going to be able to do some of the things you do. And when Zach and Vooch and DeMar are out there, but if you can help that, uh, I mean, in terms of on the offensive end, but um, if you can help that group when they come in until Kobe comes back, if you can help that group um, by playing a little bit more aggressive on the defensive end, causing some uh, havoc and getting out um, in the fast break and getting easier baskets that way, like that, that is something to think about as well. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's fun to watch this stuff, man, because you can tell that like, Caruso has been on winning basketball teams and he does the things that matter, the things that you need uh, to see happen. And um, I think the, these, again, I'll bring it up again, these national guys, like they, they underestimate those types of things, right? And they underestimated how, quickly this team could gel 
Um, and I think you're seeing that. I, th- I think you're seeing Zach being okay with taking a step back and being off ball and cutting and sitting in the corner and, and being an off ball guy until he gets that ball and you can run different sets, empty side, pick and rolls, things like that. And it, mm-hmm. it's just been great, man. Like I think people have said like, uh, for instance, like I've heard how can Zach be better than he, did, he was last year. But I, I think, you know, if you just look at the shot quality that Zach is getting this year, um, mm-hmm. I mean, there it is. I mean, that's the example. I mean, dude is getting yep. better looks than he's ever had in his career. Right. And I, yep. he can't be any happier. I, I'm pretty sure if we, you know, if we were to me and you, we were like best friends with Zach and we could just ask him that question. He'd be like, dude, I, I, I'm happier than I've ever been. Like, like, I'm I'm sure that's what he would say. You know what I'm saying? So For sure. 100% probably probably because he knows there's a big fat max contract coming his way. I think that might make him a little happier as well. But no, I certainly take your point. Like, I mean, we were talking about transition, the Bulls playing transition, how their defense is fueling their transition offense and how that helps guys like Lonzo and DeRozan. But I don't know, like Levine might be one of the better transition offensive players in the league yeah. coming into the half court. Obviously, we know he can, what, he, what he can do um, off the bounce as an isolation scorer. But to your point, like, He's getting more catch-and-shoot opportunities. I reckon I've, I've seen him take ball catch-and-shoot three <laughs> in preseason that I saw him take all of last all of last season. Now, uh, obviously, um, a little bit of a hyperbolic statement, but like 30% of his threes last season were catch-and-shoot threes, which isn't a surprise given that the Bulls didn't really have many other facilitators. He had to be on ball so much. Yeah. Whereas, at, at least in the first preseason game, four of his six uh, three-point attempts were off the, off, uh, off the catch, we're seeing so much more of his offense coming within the flow of the offense. Yes. And that I guess one of the, the critiques against Zach and, and the wrong critiques was, you know, he was this selfish guy that just didn't want to play a team game, always wanted to be on ball and all that sort of stuff. And it was always complete nonsense because there was never any reason for him to be off ball. Like, who are you going to put the ball in that in, in someone else's hands? Like, why are you going to give the ball to Chris Dunn to create a play when and have Zach Levine running around off soft ball when, you know, Chris Dunn sucks and obviously, yeah, obviously <laughs> Zach is really good? Like, why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. But now that the Bulls have players on ball who can do stuff, whether it's DeMar, whether it's Lonzo, or whether you're running the offense through Vucevic, like... Zach is clearly demonstrating that, and he's, he already has shown this, but I don't know, maybe some people are late to the party, but he's clearly showing uh, the fact that he's just maybe one of the more, I don't know how hard I want to go with this, but like he, he he's clearly one of the most well-rounded and one of the most versatile scorers in the NBA. From, yeah. a, few, from a pure efficiency standpoint, we, all, we know all that stuff, but and, and I... I Coming into this season, I didn't think he could could be even more. It couldn't be more efficient than last season, where he had like a sixty five true shooting percentage or whatever it was. But to your point, like if he's getting so much more of his offense in transition or, or off the catch, where you know on, when he did get those catch and shoot threes last season, he shot them at forty eight percent last season. So if he's going to get more volume on those catch and shoot jumpers, if he's going to get more uh, opportunities in transition, plus all the usual stuff where he'll get in isolation, plus playing a full season next to Nikola Vucevic rather than running pick and roll with Wendell Carter or Larry Markin or Thad Young. Like, can his offensive game go to another level? And look, maybe it can. Maybe yeah. I didn't think it could, but maybe it can. Like 31 points against the Grizzlies. Did that in his sleep. 33, uh, 31 points in 33 minutes, 9 of 18 shooting, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, got to the free throw line. Like, yeah, maybe there is another level here for Zach. Yeah, I mean, I think... 
when we had Will Gottlieb on our our pod, I think he brought it up. The he brought the point up that I think maybe we should look at Zach uh, this season, and that's hey man, um, <laughs> you had the excuse in the past of you know not having a good basketball team, you know, in order to take that next step or to prove that you can be a number one. Well, this is the season. You have a team. You have a, a point guard that can get you the ball in your spots you need to be. Um, and so this is a season where, hey, Zach, if you want to be in that conversation that, that you've he've, he's continued to talk about, this is the season. Right. So you get you're getting easier shots. You're you're um, <laughs> you're able to <laughs> do this is your year, basically contract year. Um, a lot of a lot of room. You got you got a team that's willing to get you the ball when you want it. And nobody's going to be fighting you for the ball like this is your team. And um you know, uh, obviously you can you can talk about how important Vooch is and that that is totally true. But I think mm-hmm. for in terms of 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 Zach, like this is the year to really show like if he can be a number 1. So, um yeah, I I, I think there is another level. I truly believe there is another level for Zach and um let let's see let's see where it, where it goes. Yeah, and look, I mean Beyond the defensive stuff, obviously we know he needed he needed to improve defensively. I think he's made strides in that aspect of his game. He needed to improve his his playmaking and those sorts of things. But you know, you know, there's areas of his game that he can continue to improve. But just thinking about the stuff he already knows, he does extremely well. Like I I, I couldn't imagine like him reaching another level after what we saw last season, given how how borderline historic it was. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's more scope in there for him to just be. To, 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 you know the fact that he's surrounded with better players now maybe there yeah. is more scope for him to do some more things there so that, that's going to be interesting to watch but you mentioned it there like Vucevic the connection that he and Levine have and, and what Vucevic can sort of bring to Levine's game and vice versa and I wanted to note Vucevic because I think he's been you know he hasn't shot the ball well but I think defensively he's had a really strong uh, preseason it, it kind of helps that he's he's been matched up against drop uh, you know, or not drop bigs, but bigs that who like to play offense from the post. So that helps his defensive game. But nonetheless, like he's played well defensively. I think he's been in the right position more often than not. But offensively as well, like he, he shot in the first three games, wasn't there. But the shots he were, was getting, like from a pure process point of view, I don't know. Like you, you just knew at some point he was going to knock down those jumpers. And, and that's what we saw against the Grizzlies tonight where he had his 20-odd points, 11 or 14 shooting, I believe. So, like, as much as Vucevic will help Zach, like, someone like Zach, DeRozan, Levine, uh, sorry, Lonzo, they're going to help Vucevic become, I think, an even better player too, where maybe the narrative starts to shift around him to the point where hopefully the Bulls are good, hopefully they're getting on more um, on, on more people's radar. And we, we know what Vucevic can, be, uh, Vucevic can be from an offensive standpoint, but I don't know, Larry, like, even his defense to me has been really, really solid this uh, this preseason. It, it was solid last season as well in the drop coverage last season that everyone was complaining about. <laughs> but, uh, like, this preseason as well, I think defensively, I've, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Vucevic. Again, it's, it's come against centers who his defensive game is probably... Uh, you know, more adept to, to defending, let's say. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we know Vucevic wants to drop back when you got uh, Valanciunas sort of dropping to the post. Like, that helps. But um, I don't know. I've been really impressed with what I've seen with Vuce, uh defensively, not not to say, like, all the stuff that he brings offensively that's just going to make guys like Levine better as well. Man, I, I think you've done uh, um, on Twitter and on your pods, like, I, I think you've done a really good job of really pointing to the fact of how important Vooch is going to be for this team. Um, 
I think <clears throat> I think you saw uh, last last game against Cleveland. Um, I put, actually put the clip out on on my page, um, and there was a possession where <clears throat> teams. I think teams are going to try. You know, when you have when you're running actions with you know Demar, like inverted actions with Demar and and Zach, they're going to switch it and and they're going to try to keep guys in front uh, by doing that. Doing that and. Um, Cleveland actually switched. They're in a possession where they switched everything, and I believe Demar uh, Vooch pick and roll. They switched it. Jared Allen, uh, which was smart because the whole deal was is getting Jared Allen away from the basket, who's a hell of a shot blocker, right? So you got Jared Allen guarding uh, Demar. Demar quickly swings it to the left wing to Zach Levine. They run a pick and empty empty side pick and roll with him and Vooch. Isaac Okoro switches on the Vooch, and now you got a mismatch, right? So they they enter the ball into the to to Vooch, and teams are not going to live with Vooch eating on the post because he will do it all game. He's 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 not an inconsistent big that that you can be like, okay, well we'll give him this possession. No, like you're going to have to double him, and for sure enough, he a double came. He shot the ball out quickly to the right wing, and the ball was moved quickly. It, like. And we had an open three, uh, three at the top of the key, and those are the types of things that, like, just a, a small amount. What what Vooch is going to bring, teams are going to have to figure out how are they going to guard the pick and roll uh, uh, with with Demar, the pick and roll with Zach. Like, what are they going to do? Right, Vooch can be used as a hub. So if you want to put him at the top of the key and run run chin actions, um, scissor cut actions, split cut actions, there's so many different things you can do with Vooch because he's also a great passer. And um, one of the other things mm-hmm. that Vooch is not talked about en- uh, about enough is, I think it's an underrated thing that he's really good at, is attacking closeouts. So if if <laughs> like he's going to get a, a really hard closeouts because of the way he could shoot the ball. So... I just really think Vooch is that's another guy that's going to be talked about as having a really good season as well. Like, yeah, the preseason, he wasn't knocking his shots down. I'm not worried about that. Like, I think too many people are worried about that. Like I I said it a lot on my pod uh, with Chris, like it's the process. What do the shots Mm -hmm. look like? Are they, are they open shots? Like what are they doing to get those shots? And in the preseason, if you know what you're looking at, you, you see what this team is going to be able to do. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent agree. Like he he he, uh, he hit his first three in this game. I think he's zero for fourteen beforehand. But when he hit that three, like he you could just see the relief amongst him. Like he threw his hands up. Like thank God, I finally hit a three. Like that's effectively what he was saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he was just constantly getting good shots, like pick and pop shots all the time. And like I mentioned, like he's playing. The Bulls had been playing games against drops to type centers. So against a, a drop type center, as we know as Bulls fans, with a, a drop type center ourselves, <laughs> like that that pick and pop. Type big is, is potentially going to hurt your defense and you know thankfully Vucevic is that type of player offensively so the, the amount of jumpers he was getting from three the amount of jumpers he was getting from his mid-range spot where we, which were completely open to your point like from a process standpoint yeah uh you, you, you know that was perfect like eventually they're going to drop and they dropped like they did tonight against the Grizzlies so but uh, you know coming back to what we were talking about before where both sides of the court are connected the the Bulls best bet of uh defensively is their offense I think like Running that yeah. Levine uh, Vucevic pick and roll to death, obviously having Lonzo and DeRozan chipping off that as well, or playing off that, like the fact that you can score so efficiently, or well, theoretically score so efficiently off that play, 
it, it basically means the Bulls, well, not every single possession, but they can get back into their half-court defense if you're scoring. If you're scoring the ball, the other team has to inbound the ball. Yep. So that means you, as a defender, the, the, the defense rather, can get back and get into your half-court sets. And you're less likely to have problems, I guess, defensively if you are back in half-court, in your half-court sets. We know like in, in the first half of the last season, the Bulls were so poor defensively in part because they couldn't they couldn't score, which led to so many transition points for their opponents and the, they were just getting cross-matched all over the place. If, if you are scoring the ball, you have a good, off, uh, good efficient offense, then you can just go run back and play a good half-court defensive set. So that's where Vucevic, uh, like he, he defensively in, in, in a strange, weird way, like his offense is going to be so helpful to the defense, even though, you know, we've talked about his defense being probably better than some people I don't like to expect. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of Vuce. I, I, I just want to, maybe it's just, um, I don't know why, but obviously DeRozan's going to get love. Obviously Levine, Lonzo, all that sort of stuff. Perimeter guys typically get the shine, but Vucevic, what, what he brings to this team, I, I think he's uh, somewhat underrated to, by the fan base. To, uh, maybe I'm wrong in, in saying that. Maybe maybe I've misread the situation, but uh, at least from my vantage point, that's how I, I see it. Like he's he's just tremendously important to what this what this team needs, what this team will want to do on both ends of the court. So uh, I value what Vucevic brings to the team. But Larry, maybe we can close with this, mate, because we we, we did see two. Well, not new balls. Uh, well, one was a new ball, let's say, but two guys make their preseason debut in Tony Bradley and Patrick Williams. Obviously, the fan base is very, very excited to see Patrick Williams return from injury. But we also got our first look at Tony Bradley as a ball as well uh, at backup center. Two Vucevic there. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on uh, on Tony uh, Tony Bradley specifically, but um, also with Pat as well. How you thought, you know, his 18, 20 odd minutes, however many minutes he played, how he sort of fit fitted in with the starters because with the starters rather because he just went straight into that starting unit so uh your high level thoughts mate your high level analysis <laughs> if, 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 if i should say uh some may not remember that inside joke but um keen to get your uh your high level analysis on um what you saw from patrick williams and uh and tony bradley um, um so i uh tony i want to go back and watch uh again for tony because my as first look i wasn't impressed with tony um i thought he just looked uh, – I don't want to be too harsh because he has been out, so he may not be in basketball shape and he may not – I don't know how much he's been able to do at practice. But I just haven't – I wasn't impressed with Tony that that much. I, I didn't think he was much of a positive um, defensively uh, and things like that. But um, for for Pat, I thought – I was a little worried. The very first possession that he had, he had the ball kicked out to him. He had an open shot. Mm. He put the ball on the ground. Yep. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. Pat, no. Like we in preseason, <laughs> like I saw you taking those shots. It was I saw it. What's going on? Like the lights are on again. Now you you right. So I was a little worried. But then I think it was a either a couple possessions later, he got a wide open look, knocks it down. Yep. Right. And then mm-hmm. he gets another look, knocks it down. So I'm like, okay, perfect, perfect. Right. So he's he's taking those shots. Um and uh I, I just I just think Pat is going to be fine. Um, I, I think one of the best things that, uh, for Pat is he's not going to have to take some type of crazy leap offensively to help this team win because he's not going to have to do that, right? So he's going to be able to, to to catch the ball on, on what he had tonight. Tonight was a pretty good indi- uh, 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 example of what he's going to see, right? He's, he's going to have DeMar or Zach attacking the paint, being aggressive, and 
you know, Vooch in the post, maybe able to swing the pass to him over when, um, for a catch and shoot opportunity, or if he gets a closeout, being able to attack a closeout. Um, but the, I would love to see a little bit more cutting from them. But again, you never know what, what Billy wanted to work on, things like that for the last uh, preseason. So preseason game, but I was, I was encouraged by Pat. One of the things I wanted to look at too, when watching Pat was on the defensive side of the ball, I wanted to see uh, specifically on the weak side um, in pick and roll actions, was he uh, hugging his man on the, on the weak side or was he uh, where he needed to be? And I thought for the most part tonight, um, he was where he needed to be. He had a, you know, he had a foot in the paint ready to make the rotation when he needed to make it. I thought he competed on the glass um, and being strong <laughs> as an ox. Uh, but um, I thought it was great seeing him grab the ball off the glass, start the break, get the ball to Lonzo. And I think Lonzo scored through contact on the break. So uh, there were some good things for uh, from Pat that I saw. But again, like I said, I want to go back and really just really watch Tony really hard and see what what he may have done. Uh, but what, what about you? What, how did you feel about those two? Yeah, like you, I had uh, when Pat went to when he had that open corner three. I think it was his first touch, and he had that open look or somewhat open look. Let's say it wasn't yeah. wide open. Yeah, but he could have launched the three, but instead he went for the up fake, put the ball on that uh, on the deck, went left like he usually does, a couple bounces, and then picked up his dribble and then hit Demar on the opposite corner. I was like, oh come on, man, just just, just shoot that ball. I was annoyed at that moment, and maybe I shouldn't have been because it was his, basically his first touch back. Maybe I was being a little, uh, I don't know, a bit overzealous, I'd say. But to your point, like he did come back and, and he hit a couple of nice open shots, uh, particularly that three ball, which had the the biggest of uh, the trajectory on that on that three that he had. Uh, a couple of possessions later was uh, was quite stunning. But Pat, if Pat's not averaging five or six like three point attempts this season, I'm going to be really disappointed. I'm going to be really really mad. He, he, he just can't turn down jumpers. Corner corner threes is where he's going to make his living. Cutting baseline off 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 the pet play, which will be Levine and Vucevic pick and rolls, or Demar and uh, and and Vucevic pick and rolls. Like just getting into the spots and getting behind the defense and getting easy buckets. Like that's where I want to see Pat doing. Whether it's spot ups, whether it's working off ball. Just being, being a role guy, like just being a nice role guy, and like that—that that is my expectation, and I'm happy. Like this is the role that he's in right now, because you know, I've, again, this has been something I've been thinking about. Like, I, I just me personally, the way I like to see rookies be brought along is to have them be part of winning programs and to have smaller roles initially, and then slowly, slowly but surely, just add little bits to their game. And this is a really good opportunity for Pat. It's a great opportunity for Kobe coming off the bench. It's a great opportunity for Io as well, but just like just do the little things, do a couple of things really well, and you will help this team tremendously. Like I, we don't need to back, uh, we don't need Pat to get on ball and to do stuff off the bounce. We don't need him to be a creator in the same way Levine or De, uh, Demara or Alonso is. Like that would be nice if he can. He, obviously, if he develops that this yeah. season, then <laughs> the the trajectory of this team changes as well, and like that would be. Like that would be fascinating. I'm not. I'm obviously not opposed to that. But yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, just just come in and score 12 points a game just by doing the little things, yep. spotting up, catching and shooting, rising up confidently. If if Levine and um, Vucevic are on one side of the court where they're running that pick and roll, and you're in the opposite corner, then one stay in that opposite opposite corner because you're going to get an open look. But if you see an opportunity where you can get behind the defense and and cut off that play, like you mentioned before, Vucevic is a great passer. He will find him every single time. Mm-hmm. So. Pat can Pat can score really efficiently this season. He could get a he could get a really easy 13, 14 points per game this season oh, if yes. he's willing to to be aggressive enough. And that's the thing that we kept hammering on last season. And I know it's maybe a little bit elementary to just 
just continuing to ask Pat to be aggressive, to be aggressive, go go and want the ball. But I mean, it's, there's element of truth to that. So I'm hoping that's what we see from um, from Patrick Williams. I was I was actually quietly impressed with Tony Bradley. That's probably more just due to the fact that I haven't seen much of him play previously. So you know, I've maybe watched 20 minutes of of Tony Bradley previous to this game tonight. So. Uh, I liked what I saw off- offensively. There was a couple of things that uh, didn't necessarily work offensively, but he had a nice spin move and hook shot that I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. Defensively, he gives the balls a different option. The fact that he's he's much bigger than Alizé, so like that's interesting as well. I, I definitely need to see more. Obviously, he's been hurt, so maybe that yeah. explains some limitations. But um, yeah, I was, I was quietly impressed with what I saw from Tony Bradley, but maybe that's just due to my expectation where I wasn't necessarily expecting too much and was even wondering whether he would uh, outplay Alizé for the backup center position who, to me, has been just a, a revelation this yes. preseason. So yes. uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping the Bulls sign Alizé, uh, or he's signed at the moment, but I'm hoping they've got plans of uh, keeping him around for a while and keeping him in the rotation because I've been, uh, yeah, very, very impressed with Alizé. Yeah, man. Um, Alizé is, he competes, man. And yeah, if you love 100%. the game, if you love that, you love a, a player that's going to get on the court and give you everything he's got. Alize is that dude. He's he's going to compete. He doesn't care if you're seven five and, and as as big as Taco, or if you're <laughs> some small ball five. He's going to try to bully you and grab every board. So and I and lo- I love that dude. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That, that's the thing. Like it, it's it's one thing to like going back to what we were saying before, where it's one thing to have the effort, but it's another thing to have the execution with that effort. Yes. And Alize has the effort, but he will get that rebound too. You bet your ass on that. He will he will hustle his butt off, and he will get that rebound. He will play above his height, and uh, the way he just plays transition and gets in those lanes, like like we we mentioned it at the top, the way that second unit was was finishing the game yes. for the balls. Like, so much of that was is out of... Like, that is what you get with having someone like Alizé at center. You're going to give up certain things. You're going to give up, like, rim protection. You're going to get potentially beat on the block a couple times. Yes. But you, if you play the defensive style the Bulls want to play and you get out in transition, you get stops and you force stops, turnovers, you get out and play the, like a fast-paced type of brand of defense that transitions into an offense... Yeah, he brings so much value, and uh, it was funny to see the broadcast comparing him to Rodman and and, and showing all that sort of stuff. I was like, just yeah, just maybe just pop the brakes slightly because we don't even know if he's in the rotation just yet. But I mean, their games are similar. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Rodman's a Hall of Fame level talents, and uh, if Alize could be that, that would that would be nice and tasty too. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Alize. I love this. I love this second unit right now. I'm loving the vibes and. Uh, Hopefully it maintains into the regular season, but we're going to find out in a few days' time, Laro. That's the uh, the exciting part. The regular season to start Wednesday night. Bulls Bulls are playing the Pistons. Then they play the Pelicans at home. No Zion against the Pelicans at home. Uh, so that should be a W. Maybe the Bulls can start with a couple wins here, and uh, that that would be uh, that would be good. Keep that winning feeling going. Uh, that that would be nice, Laro. Yeah, I I just think for me, my first test uh, they have to pass with me is like. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Take care yeah, of games. 100%. Like when, when when the game is is in hand, don't turn the ball over and let these teams back in the game. Continue to get better at finishing games. That and and when you have when you're playing against better teams, compete. Right, do the right things. Um, but again, like you said, this this early stretch, we're gonna see the Pelicans without without Zion. We're gonna see Detroit. Let beat these teams that you should beat, right? And then when we hit that little tough stretch coming up, 
um, very early in the season with Brooklyn and, and all those those guys. Um, let's let's try to come out 500 at least in that in that that group and and let's see where we go. Like I I just want to see what Detroit. I, first of all, I just want to see what Detroit. I want to see them handle that team, handle that team, put them down like they should be put down because they're not ready to win yet. And and let's I just want to see them do that. I just want to see a team that a team as good as the Bulls and what we've seen in the preseason come out, put that team down the way they should be put down, finish that game, get Detroit out of there, and let's move on to the next game. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what I want to see. I want to see them put a team away that they should put away. Yeah, completely agree. And if you want to be a good team, if you want to be a playoff team, those crappy teams that you go up against, whether it's, you know, the, the Pistons or the Rockets over in the West or, you know, the bottom 10 teams, like they're, they're teams that you just got to comprehensively beat. They've done that in preseason. They killed the Cavs in that first game. They killed the Pelicans without Zion. They didn't necessarily kill the Cavs the second time around, but they got the W. Yeah. And they had a, a good, impressive, a impressive win against a good Grizzlies team tonight. So like they're the games that the Bulls have sort of gone, I don't know, not, not they haven't historically been great over over the last four four or so years uh, competing against those other teams. But if you want to be like a top six team in the East, like you have to get those twenty odd wins against those teams pretty easily. Yes. And then you know if you can find twenty twenty five wins elsewhere, some of those against good teams, maybe some of those, you know, maybe some other bad teams you 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 uh, thoroughly beat as well. But like that's how you go and, and be a good team. That's how you go and prop up your your offensive and defensive rating, all that sort of stuff. You take care of the business against those really shitty teams. Yes. And then when it comes to you know playing better or comparable teams, then that's when you use those those tune up games against those bad teams. You use the, the the experience that you've gained there, particularly for a team like the Bulls, who is a completely new team. Hopefully that brings over or, tr- or crosses over into those games as well. But obviously that's going to be the true test through four preseason games. It's been uh, very, very encouraging. But uh, yeah, we'll find out very, very soon though about how this whole season will transpire. But nonetheless, based on what we've seen, very, very happy boys here on Bulls HQ. Oh yeah. But uh, Larry, I'll let you go, mate. Um, I appreciate you jumping on the pod. Um, yeah, this was fun for me to to get you on, mate, and have a, have a chat. Before you go though, tell people where they can follow you online. Yeah, so if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Laurel Hoops. Please hit hit me up. I love uh, interacting on Twitter, talking basketball, talking Bulls, talking any team, draft prospects. I love it, man. I love ball. So if if you like to, just hit me up. We can talk about it. Um, and of course, um, if you if you want to listen to another uh, another great podcast along with Bulls HQ, um, you can catch me and Chris every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Central. Um, pod will be, uh, out on, on Sunday morning. Um, so, you know, just, just either give us a listen or, or Hey, bo- give me a follow as well. Look at you big in big up in yourself saying your podcast is great. Like how dare you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're rubbing what, off what on me, man. I think ever since I met you, I think you're rubbing off on me, man. Well, are you, are you suggesting I'm a wanker? Is, is that what you're saying? Oh man, my bad. You went out a little bit. If, um, if I'm rub- if, if I'm rubbing off on you in that way, like I'm, I'm I'm calling you out for being arrogant here. You say it and you're saying <laughs> <laughs> ever since you've met me. Hey uh, man, look, uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like. <laughs> You know? <laughs> one of the things that well, let me let me elaborate one of the things that i've taken from you is to believe in what you do and believe right. in, in in the stuff that you bring to the table so that that's what i've gotten from you brother that's that was spun very nicely i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, look, maybe I'll hit you up on Twitter. And if you, if you love having conversations, maybe we can get into um, you know why Jimmy Butler is the best ball since Michael Jordan. Would you be happy to engage in that conversation? <laughs> you know what, man? Or... <laughs> you know, let's do it. We'll leave it. We'll take that offline. We'll take that offline. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be it would fuel a big bulls uh, uh, thread. I think that's what that would do. Yeah, look, we don't need those negative vibes right now. <laughs> things, uh, things are going well. Maybe we can, maybe we can save that stuff to when things are bad again. And hopefully, that's a, a very long time away. But yes. uh, nonetheless, mate, appreciate you coming on. Obviously, people, go follow Laro, go follow Chris, go follow Bulls One Hundred and One. Uh, I was clearly joking there with Laro, but they do some really, really good stuff, different stuff as well. Like, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a million and one Bulls podcasts out there. That's easy to start a podcast. It's harder to start a YouTube. It's harder to to break down film and to really teach and learn. Or give guidance, I guess, to fans all over as to what's actually happening on the court. So if you want to get that visual sort of stuff, if you want to learn more about the Bulls, learn more about basketball, then I uh, most certainly uh, most certainly would endorse going over and following Bulls 101, following Laro, Chris, all that good stuff. And uh, in the odd chance, you also want to follow me as well. You can hit me up on Twitter too, at MK Hoops. Follow the show as well, at Bulls HQ Pod. If you want to send me an email, ideas for the show, suggestions, questions, whatever it may be, BullsHQPod at gmail.com. Now that the regular season is just about upon us, come be part of the Bulls HQ Discord. Drop me a DM on Twitter. I'll hit you up with the link for the invite. Alternatively, there is an invite to the Bulls HQ Discord within the episode description of this podcast as well if you want to come uh, be part of Bulls HQ Discord. And why the hell wouldn't you? Uh, come be part of it. There's 300-odd Bulls fans up in there, not necessarily all at one time, but there, there is a good cast of regulars in there. So come be part of it. But uh, look, we're looking forward to the regular season ahead be more Bulls HQ coming your way. I think we're going to have a pre, uh, well, not a preseason, a regular season prime episode coming in the next couple of days. So be on the lookout for that wherever you catch your podcast. But thank you again to Larry for coming on this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the Bulls for providing us four beautiful preseason games and uh, long may that king to you into the regular season. But for now, let's call it a day. Uh, this has been Bulls HQ. We'll speak very soon, Bulls fans. Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.